0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to, um, well, I guess this is still technically the Connect Meeting. It's June 24th, and we are here with you tonight. Uh, it is one of our Friday night discussion panels, and we have a full house tonight. We are looking forward to uh, some good times. Hopefully, we'll be able to squeeze in some uh, a Bible comment or two along the way, uh, but with this crowd, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but of course I, I'm Jonathan Jenkins, uh, and, uh, here with my good friend and co-host of the night, Eric Owens. Um, uh, and we'll get to everybody here in just a moment while we are getting started. Uh, if you would, everyone, please take a second and, uh, look at all those links in the descriptions of our, uh, different social media or the, the links in the description rather of the, uh, either the video or audio stream that you are currently using. And you will find all of our, um, social media pages. We would certainly appreciate it if you would consider uh, joining us on those different places. Uh, as, as always, we ask you to share the video tonight um, and just let people know what's going on. We would appreciate that much as well. Um, if you want to support the work here at Digital Bible Study, you can do that with the stars and the super chats, or you can sign up at our website, uh, digitalbiblestudy.org, or over at our locals page at digitalbiblestudy.locals.com. That's how you can help us out. We'd love to have you on either of those communities or uh, as just a member at some of our different social media platforms as well. So having said all that, let me turn it over to Eric and I'll step aside, man. Let you just take it away from here, man. Go
1: on. Oh, we'll do it. Uh, Good evening, everybody. First of all, before I I say anything else, I do now know which uh, one of our introductions I like most. Uh, That one right there was, was the one, I think uh, that jazz music was, was nice. right? Oh, there.
0: that, that's your, you, you, so no on the, um, no on the, uh, that jazz, yeah. the, the, the first couple of notes on that one, right? Either of, it's it's like a cross between either Sanford and son or, uh, uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> it's one of those two. It's, it's <laughs> okay.
1: I, I just heard the nice baseline and, uh, I think that, was, that was good enough for me. Uh, but I like your experimentation. that That's my vote so far, though, if you're going to keep going with that. All right, man. <clears throat> We're going to say a word of prayer at the end of the session tonight when we are alone. We swap that back and forth before uh, between Jonathan and I. He prayed last night. It would be my prayer tonight. I can't say that I will. When we have this many guests, I don't mind deferring to my brethren. And so we will see how that goes. At any rate, we will say a word of prayer one way or the other. And uh, Jonathan will keep a watch over the feed. And as we proceed tonight, when we get to the end of the session, we'll certainly pray together with you and uh, for one another. That said, we would normally say we turn our attention to our speaker. But in this instance, we turn our attention to our panel of speakers and we are thrilled to have each one. If everyone introduces himself, that'll take too long. So I'll just say we're thrilled to have Stephen Ford with us, Joshua Cantrell, Eric Garner and Cameron Freeman all friends of the program and all have been here numerous times speaking to us on their own teaching classes in the case of cameron and otherwise and we're just thankful to have them they're doing great works where they are and we are very thankful for them and the wonderful job that they are doing serving our lord tonight we are going to have a discussion about the church we say it that way in fact we typically don't say much more to those of us who are inside of the body of christ we just often say the church and obviously that could have other designations attached to it sometimes church of christ the lord's church and things like that that's what we're talking about tonight and uh, each one of these brethren are going to contribute to that discussion we have several questions here and i don't know jay but are we beyond taking questions from the audience if they have them uh,
0: i know you can nope nope we can we can squeeze that in actually i just put the chat chat overlay on so as soon as they start talking back to us a little bit here we'll actually be able to see all their comments together on the screen so uh if we can okay. squeeze it in let, let's let's try to make that happen if we can squeeze some of theirs in we'll do that as well and we'll we'll try to add that
1: uh but taking the thought that we may have people who are not members of the Lord's Church, uh, either hearing this or, or, a bit or, or attending with us tonight, I thought we would just begin by some level of, of definition, concept, idea of, of what is the church. So let's just begin there. When we use that expression, when you brethren use that expression, the church, what exactly would you tell someone you're talking about? If the question were posed to you what is the church let me get you to comment on that uh and and, and we'll just kind of walk around the, the the panel here and get your thoughts uh on that uh brother joshua you're you're in the, my bottom right so i'll begin with you and then we'll move to eric and the Stephen and the cameron and uh we'll vary it as we go forward but if i could ask you
2: that what what would you say Yes, sir. For me, I would uh, begin in Acts chapter 2. Of course, I know that's going to be mentioned a good uh, bit of times tonight. In Acts chapter 2, of course, on the day of Pentecost, uh, when Peter begins preaching, of course, that is the um, inauguration of New Testament Christianity, uh, verse 34, verse 35, pretty much throughout the rest of that chapter. But I know for me, when I'm preaching and when I'm talking about the church, I know sometimes today in our culture, church has been more of a building than it is the actual people. And so for me, the uh, the definition I often like to give, one of the definitions I like to give that is, is the church is the group of believers, uh, not just the building. And I know I've used the expression very often. I know a lot of people do as well. You know, I'm going to church, uh, but whether the building is there or not, we still can worship and we still are able to, uh, to be effective within our communities that we are living in, but for me, that's uh, that's one of the key definitions I like to keen on. Keen on we, uh, those baptized believers, are the church, and thus we have been called out of the world. Uh, but I always like to go to Acts chapter two and um, and kind of begin there, walking them down throughout the New Testament. Thank you, sir, uh, brother Eric.
3: Well, I um, anytime I define the church especially speaking with those who don't use the vernacular um that that we would normally um use as as brethren as preachers as as christians i normally just say you know the church is the body of of the faithful of those who have been faithful to the cause and commands of the gospel of jesus christ and then of course that tends to lead to deeper discussion but just on a The church are those who have been faithful to the calls and commands of the gospel of Jesus. That typically leads me into a discussion about the gospel. What is it? So that that's that's typically how I define it.
4: Okay, Stephen. Um, kind of uh, following what uh, Josh had to say about it. Acts two is one of my uh, go-to places. What is the church? Uh, Just following. Acts two, starting around verse forty-one, is those people who did those things. They heard Peter's preaching; they gladly received his word. They were baptized, and uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I think that's one of the things that's uh, important because uh, people use the word "church" very uh, loosely. I use that um, to say, you know, any person who you know believes that Jesus ever existed is part of the church. You know. Uh, and and I want to kind of finally bring that in, hone that in a little bit closer. So it it is defined in Scripture, also as those who continued in what the apostles taught. And so that kind of limits whatever a person practices to what you can read in the Scriptures. And so if it's not written in Scriptures according to what the apostles taught, then that would be too far beyond what the Church, scripturally speaking, uh, is comprised of okay uh real good jonathan do you want to jump in here
0: uh yeah just real quick before i do i just saw uh robbie eversole popped in and said good good night there good evening to everybody so good to see that robbie is feeling well enough to uh uh participate in the session tonight so hope you're doing well brother robbie looking forward to having you back just as soon as we can we can get you back on uh you know try not to Baptize too many people while you're in the hospital, man. Uh, you know, don't don't, don't bust open any, any open any stitches trying to get them back up out the water. Maybe let your son come over and do it for you. Um, but uh, you know, it, when, when, particularly in a, in, a, in a modern context, trying to talk about the church with people, um, I think what Josh I think Josh said said it a, a minute ago. It's not the you know it's not the building. A lot of times people have that concept. Um, but all, often days you get people that are kind of on two extremes. You get people that are um, just um, uh, completely secular and have no idea from from a biblical standpoint at all what the church is. Then you get a lot of people coming out of uh, more orthodox or, or Catholic type type views that have a very authoritarian view of the church. Um, and, and I think you need to stay off of either of those extremes in terms of having no understanding of it or having a an understanding of it, which ends up complicating things. Um, the church is just the called out of God's people. It is the assembly of God. If you tra- trace the there's the etymology of that back to the Greek word. It's the ecclesia. It's the called out. It's the assembled. It's those who have assembled under the banner of Jesus Christ. And as I was Stephen just talking about, it's not everybody that ever has believed in Jesus. It is those who have been translated, transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the dear son, Colossians chapter one. Um, and, and so Amen. it's that body then that has called out of the world to serve him. And, and that's basically that that's the simple definition of it. Uh, to get started, and I just lost Cameron again. Cameron has been having some connection issues. He jumped in and out, and he just he was in, the and then I, he popped back out. Hopefully, he'll get back here a second again. I go in a minute, but that, that's as a starting definition. That's where I go. It, it is that. um Oh, let me and let me add one more thing here real quick. By the way, so guys, if y'all want a Bible text or anything, I have the Bible program screen share set up to. If you want to examine a text, just give me a heads up. I'll throw it up there in whatever translation you want, and we can put it on the screen. That'll be fantastic.
1: I feel like with these preachers, we're bound to get some Bible uh, (laughs) passages. Uh, So that'll be just great. I remember we were in school. I'm sure you also remember Jonathan, Brother Richard Curry uh, gave a definition of the church. It went something like, and I don't know if this is an exact quote, but it was something like uh, the group of baptized believers uh, who have been called out of the world over which Christ reigns as head and in which the spirit dwells. It, It was something along those lines. Uh, So I certainly would agree with everything that was said. It is a a group of people who obeyed the gospel and are living that faithfully uh, as we trace it um, from the New Testament. I don't wanna get too deep into my next thought because it's connected, I think, to this one. Uh, And that is, in your estimation, how significant is the church in scripture? As you read scripture, how significant is the place of the church how how how, how do you uh, as you're trying to help people understand the church and its place and its prominence its position significance uh, let let me get your thoughts about that uh as we continue our, our our second thought then now that we know what the church is uh eric let me start with you and we'll work our way back around
3: well um the significance of the church is is, um, it's paramount. I, you know, when we consider Genesis one to revelation 22, really the church is in the mind of God throughout the millennia over the unfolding of his revelation, you know, of his will through all of the dispensations. When you consider Ephesians three, nine through 11, um, I mean, the church is God's eternal purpose, um, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery um which uh from the beginning had been hidden god who created all things um by jesus christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers might be known unto the uh, church the manifold wisdom of god um according to his eternal purpose which he purposed in christ jesus our lord and so we consider the church being god's eternal purpose it was it was in the mind of god so however eternal God is, the church is, Ephesians 3, 9 through 11, it, it was it was before all things, Ephesians 1, 10. Um, it was meant to be the place where Jew and Gentile will be made one, Ephesians two sixteen. Um, You know, when you consider the theme of the Bible in every book, uh, the theme of the Bible is the salvation of man through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. And when we consider the glory of God, Well, that only happens through the church. Ephesians 321. So, so, you know, when you consider the the church is extremely important and, 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 you know, and I I know we, I know we talked about the idea of the group of people, um, but the church is not just one individual by himself, you know, that has been obedient. You know, the church is God's community um, of believers, those who have been obedient to the gospel. Because even though I think Stephen made reference to it earlier, you know, a long time ago, man, when I was younger preacher, when, you know, when I was Josh, when I was Josh age, you know, I used to softly correct people when they say, you know, members of the church say I'm going to church. But, you know, the older I got, you know, and and the more I studied and the more I just looked at the church, you know, Paul said, you know, when you come together in the church, you know, there's this idea of of this this corporate gathering of god's people in his community uh man it's 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 paramount uh the church is paramount brother thank
1: you sir uh Steven, jump in there buddy what do you think
4: uh, kind of along with uh uh brother eric jesus is you know the focal point of the scriptures uh for like he mentioned genesis to revelation it's it's all about the redemption of man through jesus christ and if jesus is important and he is then so too is his bride uh you know when you look at ephesians uh, chapter 5 you know paul talks about marriage and he says well i'm really talking about christ in the church you know how important is a bride to the bridegroom uh and if the bride is important to the bridegroom then it should certainly be important to those who are Uh, Part of that and everybody else uh, really, you know, I I would not tolerate somebody disrespecting my wife You know, I would not tolerate somebody inviting me to their home and say yeah You can come in but your wife she got to stay outside. And so that is how it comes off when people say yeah I'll take Christ but not the church. I want the relationship not the religion Well, how can you say I love Christ, but I I don't care anything about his bride Uh, and so if, if Christ is relevant and he is then the bride is equally relevant and so um the the church uh, especially when you get to looking at paul's epistles you know ephesians and colossians in particular you see the brilliance of the church you know uh shining forth in, in what he's trying to say in this community uh not only in the local setting but in the universal setting not only that's alive today but it will be alive tomorrow and had, was alive yesterday and we can be a part of that group and the fact that all those that comprise that group and will ever be in the part of that group was in the mind of god that you all will be my people to show forth my glory uh to call people through your behavior and your teaching and so on uh you could not i don't think you can highlight enough how important the church is i just don't think that we could do it adequately other than just to read the inspired text you know uh, but it is um, immeasurably important.
2: Thank you, sir. Brother Josh. Yes, sir. Upon the question, um, like brother Garner, my my thoughts went to Ephesians uh, chapter three as well, but also I've been doing some reading through John today and John 14 verse six definitely comes to mind. You know, the way to get salvation ultimately is through Jesus, Uh, Acts four and verse number 12, neither that salvation and any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so, you know, again, from, as Brother Garner said, from Genesis 1 and Revelation 22, verse 21, just the significance, and I think about the prophecies of old, Isaiah 2, uh, Michael chapter 4, just highlighting even in the Old Testament, the uh, future of Jesus coming uh, to establish his church. And we know, and, and and many of those watching tonight know as well, but you know one of the things of the old testament is ultimately jesus is coming and then you open up the new testament and you uh, see the teaching and ultimately acts to the establishment of his church and thus today you know in order for a person to be saved romans chapter 116 following the gospel uh, that is made possible uh, by of course we know the sacrifice of jesus but again that salvation is 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 found through the gospel and in the church and so for a an individual today, especially, you know, not just preacher, but a, you know, Christian, you know, if I wanna be saved, that is made only possible within the body of Christ. And so again, just the significance of of, of obeying the gospel, living right, being faithful, is just, you know, throughout the New Testament, it's just uh, very evident for, for, for all of us tonight.
1: Yeah, thank you, sir. Cam, welcome back. The question uh, before us is, how significant is the church in scripture? Oh man, it's of utmost significance. Um
5: nine through eleven. Um, um uh, the church, you know, being a part of the um the manifold wisdom of God, the eternal purpose of God. Um and many times, you know, when you think about that, um, you know, we 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 have to really think about the fact that um if we can if we can fathom that God in eternity before Genesis one, one. Uh, had the church in mind, had the church in mind uh, before the foundation of the world, and then to bring the church into fruition, uh, into reality, um, and to... to, to People uh, coming on the scene, dying, living, uh, things uh, changing, you know, a lot of moving parts, and God still uh, fulfilled all of his promises um, because he had this in mind before the foundation of the world shows us um the the, the power and the plan of god but then i, I liken ephesians 3 9 through.
0: Hmm. lost cameron Miss he's happens. Happens. He is having some issues tonight i'm sure he'll come
1: back jay why don't you take it up for us then how, how significant is church in scripture
0: well I, I can't help but notice pretty much everybody who has talked so far has gone to ephesians chapter three uh, and it is if there's any passage in the te- in the in the Bible that expresses the uh, the importance of the church better than Ephesians three, I don't know what it is. Uh, as Cameron was talking about what parts I could hear, you know, it was it is it is the fellowship of the mystery that is was hidden. The hidden wisdom of God was the fellowship of the mystery. And I love that word, I love that expression, fellowship of the mystery. When the mystery, when the eternal purpose of God is completed, what results is fellowship verse six of that text, Jew and Gentile together, and so on. It's not an overstatement. Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, in the fullness of time, he's going to unite all things together in him, in Christ, and things on heaven, things in the earth. Chapter 3, you have, just as First Peter talks about, the prophets and the angels desiring to look into this the salvation that's being prophesied, and it is the, the, the culmination, the manifestation of that eternal purpose is found in the church. So this is not some byproduct, like the premillennialists teach, that it's it's a byproduct that's being, or it's it's a stopgap until we get to the to the the millennial kingdom at the end of time and so on. No, it is the manifestation of the, of the of the of the of the wisdom of God. It is the earthly manifestation of all of the wisdom and purpose and actions of God in the world. That's not insignificant. It's not an overstatement to say that the entirety of the Bible is about bringing this body into existence and then ephesians 3 20 20 21 somewhere down in there says now to him be glory throughout all the ages in that same church so it's it's it is it is the it is the the manifestation of his eternal plan and then it is the product and the means by which he intends to show his glory both in the heavenly places verse 10 and then throughout all of the ages down in verse 20. It, it is, it's not just integral to the plan of God, it is the plan of God. This is why Christ came, was to create this body, to unite to, to, to unite the authority of heaven and the authority of earth together in one body in which I think Marlon, uh, one of our speakers, Mar- Marlon Ratton was in there earlier talking about the church in one of his comments. He said, um, you know, to me, one of the key elements of the church is that no matter the color, the language, country, etc., we're all one in Christ. And that's Amen. that's what that's what the mystery's talking about there in Ephesians three. So there, there's a reason every every guy who spoke has gone to Ephesians three because you you want to understand the place of the church and the plan of God. Start starting Ephesians one, read through Ephesians three, you'll get a pretty good idea of how important it is in the mind of God. Sure. Absolutely,
1: I I certainly agree with everything that said. One of the passages that just jumps in my mind in so far as the value and worth of the church is is always Acts twenty twenty eight uh take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over which the holy ghost made you overseers feed the church of god which he purchased with his own blood and i just got to believe that the things purchased is equal to that which purchased it so mm-hmm. if i have five thousand dollars and somebody sells me a used car they agreed it was worth five thousand i agreed they took my money i took their car we believe they're equal in value mm-hmm the church is worth the blood of Christ. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. You cannot overstate, I don't think, the significance of the church. Let me ask a follow-up then with regard to that. Do you think we do a good enough job sharing that to members? Do you think members know that? Are you comfortable with the way members know what you just stated, and clearly what you
4: know and believe to be true? That's a good question. Uh, If I, I don't know if you had a special order. Go right ahead Stephen. let Uh, me start with you then. All right, uh, I have seen in times past, not just here where I uh, serve locally, but just in general, that often we can become um, victims of tunnel vision and we see the church as just our local body. And as Marlon commented, uh, it is far greater than that. Uh, one of my most um, memorable moments is worshiping in Mexico once with brethren who barely spoke English. And they happened to have that particular Sunday, a, uh, a man who was from Texas that spoke both English and Spanish, and he would preach in English and he preached preach a little bit in Spanish so we could all understand and we were there with those brethren that i had never seen before that spoke a different language and lived in different culture but we were all worshiping the same lord that loves us all and saves us all <clears throat> excuse me and when we uh see it in its in all of its uh bigness uh i can't even know word in all of its entirety uh, i think sometimes we can miss what it is and start to just see the the local congregation and some of the flaws that it may have, uh, the imperfections that it may have locally. Uh, and it's, you know, I have to remind myself, like you were asking, does everybody know that, that we have to always speak of the church in its beauty and its glory and its perfection. Yeah, there are issues locally because we have issues, uh, you know, personally, uh, but the church is perfect uh, because, because it came from a perfect God and is overseen uh, by a perfect Lord Jesus. Uh, And and I personally, I always take that on myself, have to be more effective in relaying all of that when I speak of the church more clearly.
1: Thank you, sir. Uh, Brother Josh, what say you, my friend?
2: I know for me, a thought that comes to my mind, especially, you know, being a preacher, I know for me, every Sunday, you know, I always, you know, let everyone know it's good to see them, but I always like to emphasize, it's good for us to be around families. Brother Garden mentioned a little while ago. And I think sometimes people come in forgetting because of all the different stresses and struggles that they go through, you know, weekly, daily, is always something I'm sure, you know, everybody today woke up with something that they didn't expect to wake up to. And then, you know, the the, the family aspect of knowing that I get to be around people of like precious faith who love me and who care for me and who want me to go to heaven just as bad as I want them to go to heaven. I know sometimes, you know, being around, I know for me, you know, sometimes family in the flesh who are not members is difficult sometimes. But being able to be around Christians is special. And sometimes members often... Uh, forget that and sometimes as preachers we forget to emphasize that too that hey you know it's this this world is difficult but you don't have to go through it alone and I know the book of first John John just gives us so much confidence in knowing that we can be assured of our salvation and everything that we have uh, with God. and so I know for me you know the the charge and hopefully the challenge of all of us is is to just make sure we you know let the people we know, you know how much of a family we are, but especially that they can be secure uh, in their salvation and knowing that everything God has and God continues to do for them.
1: Thank you, sir. With reference to the church, Eric, how are we doing? Uh, how you think with uh, people knowing, even members, what what we all just described here?
3: Well, it's, it obviously it's hard to speak, um, you know, for for every for for every congregation. Um, but I think sometimes, because of factors beyond our control, you're sort of forced into, uh, at times, the church being represented as this vigilant group that exists only to stomp out false doctrine and error because of the, you know, because of the, 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 the prevalence and the prominence and the advent of denominationalism. And so we end up having to fight that stuff so much that the church in many people's minds becomes this place of no grace and, and just fight. And just, you know, the only time we talk about the church is when we talk about her being the only one and, and her being the, you know, the, uh, uh you know, the true church and has true worship. And, and while those things have their place, I, I think again, because of some factors out of our control, will force us into into those type of sermons more than just the beauty and the relevance and the 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 purpose you know of God's church and the glory of her um and, and even the familial aspect that that both Joshua and and um Stephen had discussed because my mind goes back to Ephesians 3 14 and 15 where, right when Paul has finished discussing the eternal purpose of God being being shown in the manifold wisdom of God, the church through Jesus Christ, he says for their boldness and confidence, because obviously we understand that Ephesians is a prison epistle. And so as they would maybe lose some confidence in Paul's tribulations, he says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. And so the familial aspect of the church, certainly I think, you know, at least from my perspective, I, I know I can do a better job of preaching and delivering lessons and sermons um in in that direction. Um, you know, not, not to not to leave, you know, the aspect of the church and its singularity and and its oneness and its beauty in that. Um, I know for me, myself personally, I can do a better job. Thank you, sir. Jay, you want
0: to jump in there? Um, I guess for a minute, but you know, some of it's, you know, he that has hath ears to hear, let him hear. Um, sometimes it's it, it's tough to teach people about the uh, the importance of the church, the glory of the church, and all of that, because they're not in tune enough to what the actual, you know, to the overall message of the Bible. You can tell it to them all you want to, and they just they don't grasp it until they see it kind of thing. And it makes, makes, makes the t- task hard. Um, and, and also it's, I think it's a little bit hit and miss in terms of, um, you you know, to get to your question, how good of a job are we doing? Well, most gospel preachers I know are doing actually a pretty good job of it, I think. Um, but some of it is it, it some of it is the people in the pews have to hear it now i'll say as another element of it there are very clearly some uh, uh, portions of people that still have affiliation with churches of christ that spend a great deal of their time uh, more time than i like on my social media feeds trying to tear down the church uh, and uh, d- diminish the the distinctive nature of it you know just c- compare it to D- deny the concept of restorationism, deny the concept of undenominational or non-denominational or pre-denominational, whatever you want to call it, Christianity. Uh, and I I will say this, I don't know that in recent years um, we have done a very good job of answering that as well as we should. They, in my opinion, they seem to talk about it more freely and more openly than we do in response. Um. And I would like to see us do more of that. You know, we used to do a better job of it. Eric, you know, I don't know everybody's age is here, but Eric and I, when you and I started in the early 90s, that was, you heard that preaching all the time. The distinctive march to the church and so on. And you don't hear, you don't hear it as much, uh, even among conservative circles as we used to. So I, I kind of got a mixed bag on it. I think in a large part, we're doing a good job. I think the members could probably, you know, be better in terms of understanding it but some of that is we could do better in mm-hmm. in, in helping to mature people to, to a, a point of christian persp- persp- um, uh, perspective so that they could hear what needs to be heard and then i think we could probably do a better job in grounding people in some fundamental truths about restoration principles and and, and, and first century christianity in a 21st century world so i'm all over the place and to your that, question and
3: that, made, and that and that may that may be better served through, in addition to the pulpit, you know, uh, classes, right? Where we can spend right. more time, you know, digging into those deeper, um topics of restorationism and and church history and and just unfolding of God's plan uh, uh, over over the course of the millennia. You know, um, in addition to the pulpit. So I, I definitely agree with you, man.
0: Yeah, and and I think not that I'm advocating going around starting you know Facebook and Twitter fights but these progressives are freely speaking on social media platforms in the right circles and sometimes I think we on the more conservative side kind of steer clear of not wanting to put that bad foot forward and I think we leave the the playing field open for them a lot and I don't I don't know if I've got a good answer about how to address it but I think it does need to be addressed I think more guys need to stand up and and, and re, re, kick back, push back against the, the presumptiveness and, and, frankly, sometimes the condescension of these these guys that now have advanced degrees from whatever colleges they've, they've gone to. And they've been reading N.T. Wright and Tim Keller and, and whoever else they've been reading and, and you know, Francis Chan and, and tearing down the church because they think they've learned something that, you know, the guy in Woods didn't know. And that's not true. So that's my thoughts
1: uh all good thoughts and uh i i'm as much concerned about members of the body but these things might be connected in that if it's not being said by way of defense then it's not being said uh and and very often that vacuum means members of the church aren't hearing it either Um, i think if they ever were true gone are the days where every member in the building is well versed in the book
4: Oh, uh, if
1: that was a time, 40, 50, 60 years ago, and the church was, uh, you know, if that was a time, and it, it seems at some point it was, much more common, uh, I don't know, maybe y'all heard the same story about the woman, uh, the day they didn't have a Bible inside of the courtroom, and they asked an a a older lady who was a member of the church to come, and uh, he said, uh, those Church of Christ people are as full of scripture as anybody. And so just put your hand on her. Uh, Well, I don't know that that's actually happened, but uh, that's the story as it goes. And so there was a time. But um, uh, to Jonathan's point, if those individuals are not being uh, withstood, uh, then likely it's not being preached at all, or at least not very often. And it's not safe for members to go long stretches without hearing about the glory and beauty and splendor Amen. and singularity of the Lord's church and the very significance that this entire panel talked about without even batting an eyelash. I mean, we were almost stumped for words to describe the significance, right? What what word do you want me to say? You <laughs> to, <laughs> to try to express how significant the church is and I, I'm, I'm Sadly, I don't know that every member of the members in the view in general uh, feel that way uh, or know those things that same way. That kind of brings me to my next thought, unless y'all had more on that. No, uh, I did have a quick thought though, to Eric's point with regards to um, uh, our our stance and posture that it does feel like sometimes we're always fighting. and. I think part of that is the Lord's church is an army
3: <laughs>
1: and <laughs> armies to—they <tender, laughs> go to battle, they go to war. And so there is that element. But what i like to point out to people about the army of the Lord is when you read the armor, this is the best army in the world. I mean, if this army came to your town, they'd bring righteousness and peace. <laughs> You'd be blessed Ooh. to have this. army. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. if you see what they're outfitted with <laughs> and what their armament is, you couldn't ask for a better army. Now, we should not be fighting carnally, but uh, if we stand up and, and, and the army of the Lord is in tow, well, you couldn't ask for a better army to, to come see you and deliver you than this one. Uh, you'll just get a lot of goodness. To that end, what makes the church different than every other church? Uh, I think that's been mentioned a couple of different times in one form or another. Uh, but if you had to share with uh, either non-members or members, be reminded, as peter said where where would you begin? What would you like to say what What makes the church different than any other church? Uh, Brother Eric, I think we're back to you to start.
3: sure. Um, you know these are these are these are characteristics and qualifications that we've we've identified over you know over over years um about the distinctness and the the, the uniqueness of the Lord's church versus man's church, man-made fabric fabricated, manufactured bodies. Um, you know, the Lord's church is different because it has a you know it, it was founded by God, not men in Acts chapter two. Um, uh, the Lord's church was prophesied um, over the centuries from the Old Testament prophets um the lord's church has a unique design um it worships god in spirit and in truth um it has proper organization with elders and deacons um it meets properly and assembles based on um, the authority of god's word on the first uh, day of the week um its head is jesus christ um and as as stephen was speaking earlier the brilliance and the brightness of the church in ephesians and colossians you know paul paul these are 20 epistles uh that that paul looks at in different aspects uh you know we could certainly title ephesians the church of the christ and we could title colossians the christ of the church and and it, it it's it's amazing how even in those two epistles you can see the distinctness of the church and the oneness of her so um so the that's that's everything that makes the church different from any man-made fabricated body you know it's its head is christ it it was founded by god it was and it, it's god's eternal purpose it doesn't have an earthly headquarters its headquarters is heaven um no one no man rules over um the lord's church the lord's church teaches preaches, preaches and practices uh the truth of the the word of god based on uh divine authority and so i mean obviously there are several other things that we could probably um in greater minute detail, but, um, but just on the surface, those are the things that that make the church different.
1: Well, I, I hope the rest of us can come up with something uh, that wasn't mentioned already, <laughs> Brother Garner. Uh but we'll try. Thank you for that. That was fantastic. Brother Stephen, what would you like to add? What makes the church different than every other church?
4: Um, the, the simple answer that I try to relay is, is kind of just right in the same footsteps as, as Brother Eric just said, you know, uh, you have a plethora of religious organizations now, uh, and they all have some overlap, and they all have some uniqueness, uh, and the thing that we're looking for is, where's that one that we read about? And so, you know, as I mentioned earlier in Acts chapter 2, those continuing step passing the apostles' doctrine. And we ask ourselves, well, what did this church do? What did they practice? How did they look? What was the form and fashion of their everyday life and their worship? Uh, because their everyday life is as important as their worship. You know, uh, sometimes when we talk about the church and its uniqueness, we isolate it in terms of its worship. You know, what did it look like in worship? You know, they sang and Lord's Supper and preached, and, but there's more to the uniqueness of the church than. Sunday morning. And so continuing to step past the apostle doctrine has to do also with the way we behave ourselves uh, Conducting ourselves in and outside of worship. Uh, The other thing uh, Coming back to you know, my favorite book Ephesians, you know, there is but one You know, so if there's just one what does that one look like? Uh, And when I'm speaking to people in general uh, People who may not be preachers and well-versed in the Bible, you know, I, I use my favorite analogy at least in terms of uh hamburger places you know you can have a wendy's and mcdonald's a burger king a jack's or wherever you may be from um but you know there's only one big mac you, see, you know now even burger King has a big king but there's only one big mac and it has sesame seed bun two all beef patties lettuce pickles special sauce you know and onion i believe uh but whatever the case there's only one big mac now there's a whopper uh, and there's a big day and whatever else these other places serve and they are hamburgers, you know, and they are similar uh, But there's only one Big Mac and in the same regard, you know, and, and that's a very trivial Example and people can understand that, you know example and so we say okay if you can get that concept Here and that's simple. Here's something that's so much more important. So then if we're gonna Order this thing that's right. What did the Bible say about this unique church? Um, and of course, but there's only one. So which is that one that one that behaves, lives like, worships like that one in the scriptures?
1: Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Scott Beck said you're making him hungry. Uh <laughs> Brother John.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. For me, I would well well, first of all, a couple uh weeks ago, I was having a Bible study with um Uh, with an individual, he and his wife. And we were just having a fantastic study. And and we were at the point in our study where we were going through the book of Ephesians and we got to the end of chapter one there. And, you know, he kind of came to the realization, wow, Jesus really is the head of his church, because all his life he had been hearing, you know, that Jesus was the head of so many different other churches in the world. But, you know, when you read the Bible, especially the book of Ephesians, you're not going to walk out of that book seeing that jesus is the head of something else you know he's only the head of one body and he's only the head of his church and 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 of course you know as as Stephen alluded to acts chapter 2 and verse number 42 how they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine that has much more well that means much more than just the way they worship i know for me i always you know I like to think about titus chapter 2 verse number one speak to all the things that become sound doctrine then he goes start listing behavioral issues which again lets me know that as a member of the body of christ the way i live the way i act is so much differently from the world around me and i know very often as members of the body of christ sometimes we kind of feed into the pressures of the world sometimes to act like the world but christians we are again, the call it out as brother Jonathan said earlier, we are different from those that are around us. And so we should easily uh, be able to spot the difference from those who follow God versus those who don't. I know what kind of a, you know, a key principle in the book of Daniel there, especially in the earlier part of the book is that Daniel is different from all the other people that are around him. And, and the King was able to see that. And so certainly as Christians, we have to make sure, uh, matthew chapter 5 13 and following our light shines and 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 that works in the a uh, relationship with the church again not just our worship but how we live how we behave everything that's associated with that so jay
1: before i get to you we've been talking about the church sounds like in two different ways and obviously these both have they are both parts of it but our earlier discussion centered around the divine portion of the church and bringing it into existence and mingled in that was the church is the people and so these answers have kind of fluctuated between both i wonder which one of those uh you you would address or both of them as you consider what makes the church different
0: well you know the well the 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 older preachers eric kept to play the old man card again eric you know when we were when we were coming up the the the, the instructors used to teach us about the the problem with the denomination was is that the bible speaks of the church in the universal sense i will upon this rock i'll build my church and then the bible speaks of the church in a local sense um the church at rome the church at corinth the church at thessalonica whatever it speaks of the two every denominational church out there thinks of itself in, in some capacity outside of those two things they add a third category and that th- third category is larger than the larger than the local church because they are organized into denominational bodies. And don't let the community church movement fool you. Most of the community churches in your community are Southern Baptist churches. If you're in the southeast, they just change the name. Okay, that that that, yeah. that there there are very few truly independent community churches of any consequence. Um, but denominational churches are. Um, uh, organized as a body that's larger than the local church, but it, they admit freely that they are not the church universal. They are a smaller group than that. And so the problem with with other quote unquote churches is that they're 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 too big to be the local church. They're too small to be the 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 universal church. And so they don't fit into the biblical concept. They don't fit the biblical pattern at all. Um, the big, biblical pattern is that there's not more than one church. We talk about these other churches. We talk about them accommodatively because that's what they call themselves. Jesus would not call them that. They are not His body. They are not His church. Uh, they may be an assembly. They may be a called-out group, but not for Jesus. And sometimes, when the uh, when the progressives start to talk to us and we you know mock us about restoration principles, sometimes what they'll do is they'll um, Kind of ask us, you know, somewhat derisively. Well, which church are you trying to restore? Are you trying to restore the Galatian church with its racial problems? Are you trying to restore the Corinthian church with with its, its sexual problems? And are you trying to st- restore this church or that? And you go through the list, and and I think they think we believe that the church of Christ becomes the church of Christ when it is one hundred percent doctrinally pure and if 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 uh, if we have one point of doctrine wherein we're wrong on, then we're just another denomination like anybody else. At least for me, that's not what I believe. We are the Church of Christ because we acknowledge that the, the headship of Christ and the headship of Christ alone, and the universal nature of that headship over all of those who name His name. That's what makes the church yeah. the church is the defining relationship with the Christ and the and the the the, the disavowal of all of the other structures that stand between us and our mediator, Jesus Christ. That that's the integral portion of it. So the church to get to your, I guess, to get back to your question a little more directly, Eric, the, 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 the individual within the church, um, whether that's a community of two or a community of a thousand, that individual still has the same access to the Christ and, and has no head over him, but Jesus. And that, that is a, a marked distinct difference than nearly every, the conception, the philosophy of, near, of nearly every denominational branch that is out there. And beyond specific points of doctrine, although there are many, but beyond the specific doc, points of doctrine that separate us from denominationalism, it's that concept. It is the denial of the legitimacy of the denominational approach to worshiping God. That's the, that is the foundational problem that exists within Within most of modern Christendom.
1: Um, again, I certainly agree with everything that was said. I, I don't know, we, we've talked a little bit about prophecy. Uh, with regards to the church, um, I think it's been mentioned several times church's purpose in eternity. But the Bible has this very unique and special way of describing God's people in both covenants. And what we find in the New Testament with regards to the church is the apostle Paul talking about the church in Israelite terms. And there's no other group who can be talked about like that. After the church is established in Acts 2, Paul refers in the book of Romans to uh, those who are Jews, not outwardly, but inwardly, the circumcision being that which is the heart, hearkening to Old Testament Israel. And the language used in the New Testament to describe God's people often goes back to the Old Testament, where it's very clear God had one peculiar body of people. They were called out of of Egypt, the Exodus, and and they referred to as the church in the wilderness. These are God's special people. And then the New Testament takes that language and applies it to the church and that group of people. And it makes it a one-for-one comparison. In fact, Galatians six sixteen, Paul refers to them as the Israel of God. In Philippians three verses one to seven, he says, "We are the circumcision. We we are." With reference again to the church, there is no other body of people other than that New Testament group of people who could be so intertwined and connected to be the completion, the fruition, the end of that Old Testament that was started with God's promises to Abraham, Moses in the Exodus, and ultimately Joshua in the land, David and his kingship, all the way down to the New Testament church being those people. And so to me, adding again with everything that's been said, I would just add that as one more layer, as that which makes the church so distinct. And there's no way to replicate that. You can't yeah. can just go out and build the church and be that. Uh so that that's an amazing thing to me. And I, I just thought I think that just is uh makes the church so special and unique and it, it's the end. It's it's the end of the law, it's the circumcision, it's it's the the, the law, schoolmaster, and on and on and on going Galatians and, and so forth.
0: That's Brethren, that's it's getting true. near
1: our time. Anything y'all wanna to add to that or
0: otherwise? I just want to uh, go, go on the point you just made there. I think that's a profound point is that, you know, if, if to, to go down to Stephen talking about the different burger joints, if you want to go create a new burger joint, you can. So long as you meet the zoning requirements and, and all that, you can create another burger joint without, you cannot replicate the church. Uh, the, the, and the, the, um, the, there's no authorization to do it. You cannot. there is, there is, it's not that there should be one church. There is. There is from Acts two, and from Acts two until today, and that's what Eric is getting at. You cannot start another one. It is impossible to start a church outside of Jesus Christ. You can call it that, but it's not that. It's something else.
3: Well, you know God. God's, God's phone number is one 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 one.
0: Seven one. <Peter's laughs>
3: chapter four, four through six. That's God's phone number.
0: Like that.
1: Every night I come on digital, I feel like I hear something new. I, yeah. I hadn't heard of that one before. Be,
0: ca- be careful. That. Scott Beck will be calling that here in just a
1: minute. <laughs> As our time comes to a close, do you brother have anything that you want to add? Maybe another 30-second thought on the things that we've discussed tonight? Of course, we'll come back next week, Lord's will, and uh, finish up the discussion. Got about five or six other things to talk about. Uh, and maybe that'll give our audience some time to think about some questions just some thoughts they have uh, about the Lord's church. But uh, uh, let me just go around real quick, give you 30 seconds or so if you want to add or summarize anything you want to
4: say about it, anything we've said tonight. Uh, Brother Stephen, how about it? Um, I would just uh, encourage any who are listening tonight to spend some time in some of the epistles that we've mentioned, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Colossians, um, to see how important the church is in the mind of god and to walk away from that with a maybe renewed uh, appreciation for the church how important it is Um, i think that we can have a more uh, a too casual and relaxed look at the church sometimes but as you mentioned brother just a little bit ago when you start to go all the way back and think about how god called out a special group of people and that was kind of the, the precursor for the church And then we get to this special group of people that he had this pattern for all the way back there. And then we get to it now. And this is the group that he has designated to be in heaven with him. That's important. Uh, And I think that we can walk away with a renewed appreciation for the glory of the church in God's eyes.
3: Yes, sir. Brother Garner, how about it? You know, I I recall um, a good brother, uh, dear to me, uh, he's passed on, but it's Brother Eddie Brinkley. And he had a sermon um titled Um Package Deal. And uh he 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 actually gave me that sermon. Um, he actually gave it to me and was like, here, you I want you to preach this. And I have preached it. And um and I always give the credit to Brother Brinkley, but but um in, in that sermon, Brother Brinkley says, You can't you can't have the rock and then not the thing that's built on the rock. You can't have the blood without the thing that blood bought. You can't have the bride without the husband. And you can't have the man. I mean, you can't have the husband without the bride and you can't have the man without the plan and Ephesians four and four. There is one body Ephesians 122 and 23. The church is the body. There is one body and the church is the body. There is one church and that's of thus saith the Lord.
1: Amen. amen amen uh
3: brother josh
2: yes sir going off the um the end discussion you mentioned a moment a few moments ago, brother owens the thing that came to my mind i heard a, a preacher say before and he told me he got it from someone else you know but the fact that you know before the world began god created the world and, and if a man wants to you know start a religion he has to go and create a world create a, a book you know create different prophecies about Jesus and and everything that leads up to that and his point was no one can do that you know so how about we just bow down and surrender to the will of the one who already has and God has given us something uh, so beautiful so perfect and um and I know all of us we're going to continue to preach it and share it with everyone we know but especially for those who are listening tonight to make sure uh, that we let the world know that there is a, um, a, a saving agency and that's, and that's the Lord's church. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: Jay. Yes, sir. Um, just real quick. Uh, first of all, uh, thank everybody for the comments tonight. I've got a couple of them in. i uh, got several more over there we could have brought up, but with this many people on the screen, we didn't. So maybe we can do some more of that in, in the future. But um, also, Nathan Cameron had some technical issues there. Look forward to having him back again. Uh, Hopefully next week we can get back on here better. Uh, But I just want to end by thinking about that phrase over there and uh, kind of building off what uh, Garner said just a second ago. That phrase over there in Ephesians chapter 1, when Eric, when you were talking, that's what it made me think of. I love that expression that, um, that the church, his body, is the fullness of him that fills all in all. I think that's the King James language there, if I remember correctly. I love that language, the fullness of him that fills all in all. He fills all in all. He has all authority and in heaven and earth. He he holds up all all things by the power of his word. Hebrews chapter one, Colossians chapter one. He is that. He is the king of kings, Lord of lords. He fills all in all. The fullness of him. You want full access to that glory. The fullness of him is found in his body, not outside of you. Outside of his body, there is no room left in him. It's all he, the church is his fullness. Ephesians 1, 3, every spiritual blessing in Christ, in the heavenly places, and the church receives the fullness of Jesus. It is his fullness. You want to glorify God? Ephesians 3, 21. It is done in the church throughout all ages. There is no opportunity to have access to Jesus. There is no opportunity to give glory to God. There is no access to spiritual blessings outside of the fullness of the body of Christ it's it and that's all that's that's why you need to why you need to find it if you have not and if you have already found it you need to hold on with all of your heart soul and mind amen amen
1: Amen. somebody said earlier that the uh the epistles were twin epistles and gave us some different thoughts about colossians ephesians when you said that uh and you may have said it before but i thought of colossians 2 9 and 10 Uh, you then are complete in him. <laughs> and so the church feels him, but you got to get there. Now you'll be complete. And so uh, I appreciate everybody being here tonight. Great discussion and uh, appreciate your thoughts. And hopefully we helped and didn't hurt. Uh, I, and I trust that we did that. And may we all um, think as highly of, of the Lord's church as God clearly thinks of it and has uh, purchased it with the, the blood of Christ, purchased it with his own blood. That's all we got. Hey, I'll turn it back over to you if they have a prayer request or anything like that.
0: uh, Yep. Yep. Are you taking it or are you going to recruit somebody before I start reading these things off?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take it. I, I, I don't want to
0: just throw it on one of our business tonight. They're not, well, there, there's one that I can't read I can't. because it's got like 60 names in it, and there's no way I'm able to get all those in. Uh, but there's only about four or five here, so it's not, 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 a, not a huge number so far. Uh, Jewel. Is um I had some tests. I think she had a PET stick scan done today. I think we prayed about that last night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, no blockage, so no stent. Uh, minor leakage in some of the areas, or uh, the ar- arteries rather. Uh, but she says she's doing well. So that would be Jewel. Uh, and this name always trips me up, the Lois or Deloise. I'm not sure how you go with that. Uh, is asking us to pray for the VBS they're having at the University Church in Chicago, Chicago. Um. Uh, next week, or not, Chicago. Jonathan, read read the words on the, on the screen in front of
3: you. Charlotte.
0: Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah. It's got a CH, and I just went Iago after that. So we <laughs> <laughs> made it back up to my neck of the woods, Actually, No, yeah. no. University Church in Charlotte. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, obviously, Robbie, continue to pray for Robbie. Um, and we did have a. Um, Uh, Request also that uh, I pray for peace in the country uh, tonight, over the next over the weekend, over the uh, uh, Roe v. Wade uh, developments today, which are um, outstanding as well. Uh, Phil is asking us to pray for Lorraine. I think we prayed for Lorraine the other night. Uh, She's been having some memory loss and some hearing loss and some other health issues. Uh, So Phil is asking us to pray for Lorraine, Uh, and then Kenneth. If you, I don't know if y'all, some of y'all saw that. Actually, asked me about it. It's, it's a it's a really long and this list is probably and it cuts it off because it doesn't you only have so many characters you can type there's probably 50 names here Eric uh, a, a lot of friends and family members uh, no no particular statement about what's wrong with each one of them but uh, it's Kenneth and all of his friends and family and uh, if you're in the in the chat there you want to name these people by name uh, it's there for you to find it but it, it's a very very extensive list.
1: I think I saw um, We'll just go with what we got here and uh, we'll okay. add that to the list.
0: Okay, and I think that's all I saw unless y'all have anything else. Uh, <laughs>
1: nope. Let's pray together. Our loving Father in heaven, we are always, Father, humbled to be in your presence as we contemplate your grace and your mercy and your love. We are absolutely awed by the creation that you have uh made to declare your glory and father truly it declares your glory Uh, we are also so thankful and grateful for the church Uh, thank you for your revelation Uh, thank you for explaining to us and revealing to us that which was only in your mind and to tell us father that that was in your mind in eternity and to help us father as we march through the scriptures from the first sin all the way down to the cross and to the coming of the Holy Spirit and the equipping and the power of the apostles and the early church and the establishment of the church in Acts 2. Father, we are just humbled and greatly appreciative of your great and grand wisdom, your patience with us, your endurance to work through thousands of years of history and to bring about the Lord's church. We're thankful for him, for the Christ purchasing her with his blood. We're thankful for all that you have done, and we are very thankful and grateful to be members of it. We pray for every member of the Lord's church, wherever they may be. We pray for their strength, for their wisdom, for their courage and conviction. We pray for any brother or sister who has wandered away. Pray that they'll return and come home to you to know your goodness and your love once again and the uh, family and the community of the church. Mm-hmm. Father, we're prayerful for those within the body tonight, for our brother Robbie Eversol. So thankful, Father, for him and his life. Thankful that the surgery went well. Pray that he'll continue to recover and thankful that he was able to be with us tonight. We're thankful for Jewel as well and her test, as well as there being no no stint necessary, but we continue to pray for her recovery we are mindful, Father, also in prayer for Wood Delois, uh, for the VBS. We are so thankful, Father, for families and for children. Pray that those children will be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that they will one day, Father, given opportunity, time, and space, necessity, that they too will become members of your of the body of our Lord. Father, we pray for peace for our nation. We are and were saddened many years ago by the decision to allow abortion Uh, we are thankful for the decision to reverse that and we are thankful for what hopefully will be countless lives millions of potential lives saved and spared uh that tragedy pray for peace that those who disagree will do so father in a manner that's lawful and peaceable Uh, we pray father for Uh, Lorraine and uh, her memory loss and those and and all that she is suffering pray for her family Uh, we pray for Kenneth as well and all of his family and friends and the many challenges that they may face whatever they may be we know that you know and we pray for them and father again we pray for the church we just pray that you will bless her and pray that we as members of your body will exalt her will seek to give her the honor that she is due and treat her father in the manner in which uh, you would have us to. May you be glorified father in the church and may we see to it that that's what we do. And may we strive to keep the unity uh, in the body of your dear son. It is in his name that we pray, amen. Amen. All
0: right, I appreciate that Eric. Um, On the uh, donation side tonight, we had just had, oh, by the way, uh, always happens right as we go to the prayer. missy is that is saying that she's going to be praying for becky and becky is getting ready for a bone marrow transplant tomorrow so uh, if those who are have your own prayer list going make sure you add becky uh, to that as well um but on the donation side we had uh, jenny with a ten dollar super chat i guess it doesn't say it is it doesn't it you know doesn't have a description so a ten dollar donation on the uh on the youtube side thank you jenny and on Facebook we had, um, we had Patsy with fifty stars.
1: Thank you, Patsy.
0: And we had Stephen. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm on the panel, <laughs> drop, drop a donation. Here we go. That's a new requirement we need to put in here, Eric. <laughs> we, we got Stephen with forty nine stars. <laughs>
5: Thank you, Stephen.
0: Uh, we Steve, got Doug. The bill, man. They still get the bell.
4: I was hoping for the bell. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: we got Douglas with 50 stars.
4: Thank you, Douglas.
0: And we got Claudette with 200 stars.
1: Thank you, Claudette.
0: Good deal, good deal. Uh, I think that about wraps us up tonight, gentlemen. As always, appreciate you, love the work you do. Thank you way you always are willing to help us out here at Digital Bible Study. Uh, some collection of the group we've had. We'll be back here to continue this discussion Friday. I haven't confirmed with everybody who, who all is available next week, but hopefully we can get Cameron back. And uh, Eric Thornton was originally committed to be here, but he, he stepped aside when I booked way too many people to be on the panel. So, um, uh, so we'll we'll see who's coming. It'll be we'll continue this discussion though next Friday. It's already scheduled, and uh, it'll be some uh, collection of us uh, standard week next week. Um, with the whole thing set up i don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me but it's a bunch of good people i think garner are you on next week no not sure okay somebody is (laughs) somebody all right i'm i'm not even gonna try but uh maybe it was it was cameron it was cameron cameron took one next week i think that's who it was not you uh but anyway we will be back with a good schedule next week full week of of broadcasting i do need programming note real quick i think the monday after that is july 4th uh and we will be taking july 4th off so um just keep that in mind as you're making your plans coming up so uh that's all i got you brethren have anything else you want to mention before we dismiss yes
1: sunday is the lord's day when you get with the lord's people tell somebody how great the church is Amen. Amen.
0: With that being said, we will sign off for the night and for the rest of the, well, I guess Paul Mays will be on tomorrow night at at his slot at nine o'clock on Saturday night. But uh, for Eric and I's part, we'll be done for the week and we will see you back here, Lord willing, starting 8 a.m. Monday morning for another episode of From the Deep End. Until then, as always, it's our prayer that you will go out and make your day a great one for God. Have a good night, everybody.